0: Hey everybody, welcome to the diary. I'm Scott Johnson. So as promised, I've got uh, you know new episodes of this, and uh, I want to get to it regularly. So um, welcome to a you know semi regular diary podcast experience on a show I've been doing for a very 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 long time. It's been you know I want to say since oh seven six maybe even five. I don't remember when I started this. I should probably go back and look, but anyway. I asked a few of you um, during the week what kind of questions short easy to read questions you'd want to ask for our next episode and a bunch of you piped in and some of these are pretty goofball and some are you know I don't know I don't know how serious any of these are actually but I thought they would it <laughs> would be fun to get to and we're gonna start right away we're just gonna get straight to it here with John who asked what's my favorite 80s cartoon villain uh, well, John, I think the answer is an obvious one. There are plenty to choose from, but really, if you're going to create a room full of these villains and you're going to pick a leader, or you're going to pick one that just stands out the most because he's the most flamboyant, or I don't know, does the most monologuing, or is the most over the top and ridiculous? There's a lot to choose from. I, 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 you know, bounced around ideas like Cobra Commander, you know, Megatron. You know, these kinds of characters are are definitely uh, up there. But I landed on Skeletor because, come on, man, he's Skeletor. He's ridiculous. He's a big, muscly blue person with a skull head, uh, which makes no sense, and a staff that's kind of lame. And he's just really it's all personal vendettas. And him telling his henchmen that they're boobs or they're slow or they're lame or whatever. I've never heard a guy complain so much about the help. I don't know why they hang around or why one of them like two man doesn't like, you know, stage a coup and take over or something. I just feel like pound for pound, dollar for dollar, you're going to get more out of Skeletor than you are just about anybody else. And I'm happy to take your rebuttals on that scott at frogpants.com send those emails in because you know there's probably somebody I'm not thinking of I don't even remember who the Voltron bad person was wasn't there a whole thing where whoever the bad guy on Voltron was it turned out at the end to be a lady or am I thinking a G-Force I might have those mixed up uh, also that Mumra character that was the bad guy on uh, Thundercats That's a, that's up there so, I mean, I, I could st- I could take any arguments, any, any you know, anybody want to come and deny Skeletor his crown, his seat at the table, I'm more than happy to entertain other ideas. But for my money, whatever that amount is, for that dollar and a half, uh, you know, we're putting Skeletor in charge of everybody, and no one's going to be happy about it, right? Can you imagine... Megatron being cool with that, he's not going to be cool with that. In fact, I mean, maybe this question should be of all of those villains if you put them in a big arena style tournament, who would stand the victor? And I think I'm not picking Skeletor for that. Um, although he he will do whatever it takes to get out of there. We've seen him there's an old cartoon where um I guess a He-Man cartoon where he went and created a portal and then walked through the portal. And then to make sure that nobody could come through the portal with him. His one arm stayed outside the portal to close the portal. And the portal closed and severed his arm in the process. I don't think they addressed it the next episode. He just had his arm back. But uh, my memory's a little fuzzy and rusty on that. But, but you know, that's that takes some balls to do. But that's running away, right? That's the coward's way out. So as far as like just head on fight. Megatron probably wins. Starscream will be there, even though he's not you can't count on him, he'd probably be there for the fight. The any transformer villains are gonna be formidable, I'm afraid. In the face of your mum raz and your uh whoever that old cat remember um star, the the cowboy uh, in space thing, and the bad guy there was just some rickety old dude who was kinda like half robot. See, he's lame. You could you could wipe him out. Cobra Commander on his own, he's not gonna last more than five minutes in this arena. You'd do better picking um Destro or somebody, you know? Anyway, John, I hope that answers your question. Uh if I'm picking, Skeletor. If they're fighting, Megatron. All right. Max says, least favorite thing to eat. Max this is an easy answer. I it's just anything with coconut, including coconut. <laughs> especially coconut that's like uh, not shredded. What do they uh, call that? Grated coconut, I guess. The kind you see sprinkled on donuts or, you know, put on your dish or your, uh, your, your, your cake, your pie, whatever. Even like mounds and Almond Joy, any of those that have coconut in there. I don't know if Almond Joy does. I can't remember. I don't eat candy bars anymore. But those sorts of things... With any kind of coconut sprinkle on it, blah, bruh, blah. I don't even like the flavor. Right? You make me a frilly drink that tastes like a coconut. Forget it. I'm out. I don't even like coconut water, which I or coconut milk, which I had when I was in China, and that was a way to kind of mix things up. So, because you could only have bottled water and coconut milk where we were in that part of southern China, because the water was extremely no good the local tap water. So um, that may have changed by now. This is back in the early aughts. But uh, when I was there, I had a lot of coconut milk and a lot of water. And boy, did I get sick of that coconut milk. That might've been what, what did it. If I'm, if I'm honest, if I ever get asked under oath, uh, what put you off of coconut? And remember, sir, you are under oath. And I would say, well, your honor, I think it was the coconut milk in China. (gasps) The audience or the, 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 what are they called? The, the, the uh what are they called in the in a, a theater no, not theater, what are they called in there? the cabin no, not the cabin if you're in a you're in a trial and you got a crowd of people watching they're in the oh my gosh, that word is eluding me, and there's someone at home right now going, I know it, say it here's the word, say it, why don't you say it? I can't think of it. Gallery that's what I meant. People in the gallery are like, <gasps> clasping their mouth hands to their mouths, clutching their pearls. It was the coconut milk the whole time. All right. Thanks, Max. So, yeah, no coconut. Thank you. Uh, Here's one from Colin who said, a season of television you still think about all the time. A season of television. I'm going to assume he doesn't mean one-off seasons. Like those are usually called miniseries, you know, where it's like six episodes and done or even more. But just there's no more after the first one. I don't know why I have to make that distinction. Maybe I don't. But for me, it's uh, season two of Fargo on FX. Came out in 2015. Great year, by the way. For lots of reasons I won't mention here. But um, yeah, something about Fargo season two. I mean, it's amazing regardless. It's it's just so good. But I feel like Noah Hawley, showrunner and writer, uh, who is now in charge of all that Fargo business, along with the, the vision of the Coen brothers, just really melded that season. And I like all the seasons a lot. It's one of my favorite shows on TV, like bar none. But there's something about season two. Maybe it's the, the time and era it's set in, this, the late 70s. Maybe it's the, cra- the crazy mix of cast that that thing has. Um, I don't know. It's maybe all those things. But man, season two of Fargo, I could stop what I'm doing right this second and just binge that whole thing again. Which would be my fourth time. That's how much I love that show. So, yeah. Fargo season two. I'm sure, you know, I could go back and find stuff before that and after that that I could also go, oh, yeah, for sure. That's a bit. Well, this is going to be a big answer for a different answer for a lot of people. Right. But I think that is just. Hella good TV. It's all on Hulu, so if you haven't seen Fargo, uh, you should go watch it. It's fan freaking fantastic The movie's amazing. The TV show is as amazing. I can't believe they pulled that off. Unbelievable. Paul says, Star Wars film that holds up the least. All right, I'm going to s- assume that Paul is referring to the original trilogy, maybe the newer ones, but I'm leaving the prequels out because I didn't like them when they hit, and I think they're bad now. So there's no holding up for me, and that includes episode three. I don't know why people make exception for that one. I don't think it's very good. Um, we're just talking movies, not any of the new television stuff or any of that. So I'm gonna go original original trilogy, and I'm gonna say that uh, episode six, Return of the Jedi, holds up the least, even though when I was a kid and that movie was new it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen and easily the best star Wars movie ever made for me when I was a kid. And I still think that that's probably true for a whole generation of kids, just like episode one or two or whatever, are that for kids of a certain age or people of a certain age now. But for me, that was just like, Whoa, look at this now watching it now. Oh, and that's the other thing. I didn't like empire strikes back back then. Cause I thought it was, I don't know. It just seemed dark and adult and boring to me as a kid, but I was, I was wrong. It's the superior film. Um, my list goes five, four, six in terms of my favorites. And that used to be the, it used to be six, four, five. And then five was like way down the list, but I was, I was a kid. I was wrong. I was wrong. (laughs) I mean, I was right for a kid, but I was wrong for an adult as an adult going back and looking that sixth movie or episode six, rather it's not the sixth movie, the third movie is a big freaking Muppet movie. I've said this on other shows, so this is not going to be a surprise to some of you, but there's a lot of Muppets in there. And I love Muppets, but they went overboard. You got Salacious Crumb. You got your giant, uh, takes 15 dudes and a monkey to run the of the Hutt puppet. You got the a, 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 a Rancor puppet. You got all the other puppets. Uh, like freaking Jabba's Palace is just chock full of puppets. The band that played p- puppets, except for the dancer girl. Unfortunately, she she had a rough end. But so many puppets. You know, and Yoda shows up again. So more puppets. It's just puppets, man. Wall to wall. And I like puppets. I like Muppets. I just... It's over. It's too much. George Lucas was like, puppets, more puppets. What do you need, sir? Uh, just like, uh, can we get a few more puppets in here? That's my version of him. We, uh, we uh, I've got this turtleneck on, and it's telling me more puppets. So... There you go. More puppets is not always a good thing. (laughs) Um, All right. Shauna wrote in. Oh, finally, a a girl. Thank you. Need some female representation in this sausage party here, boys. Uh, Shauna wrote in and said, video games, you have come closest to 100 percenting. What I'm going to tell you will probably surprise no one knowing my proclivities toward the source material. But for me, that game is 2015's Mad Max, the big open world Mad Max game that came out the same year as Fury Road, although they don't have much to do with each other other than it features a villain named Scrotus, who is the unmentioned son, third son or fourth if you count the baby that almost was, of uh, Immortan Joe. Wait, would it be fourth? There was Rictus, the little guy, and the baby. So he would be fourth. If you count the baby anyway, um, I still play that today. In fact, so I say closest to 100%ing it. I mean, we're talking everything from every collectible, every item, every secret, every, you know, whatever it is you have to do in that game. You get to collect every car in this particular case, max out every skill, every ability, and then get every single achievement, which I assume that includes when we talk 100%ing in a modern sense, I assume we're talking achievements as well. Maybe we're not. Um, those are the ones I usually leave on any game. I don't really care that much about achievements. Um, I don't chase them, I should say, but this is the game where I've come closest to doing it. And it's a big game. There is a tons, tons of stuff going on here. It's a big giant open world game with a ton of story side quests and all that stuff. Plus there's the whole build your car out and make it better and, you know, ride shiny and chrome to the gates of all that kind of business. And, um, I love that game so much. And I'm so excited to hear about the rumored sequel that's coming next year. Oh my gosh. If that's true, I'm going to lose my mind. It might be 2024 though. I don't know, maybe 2023. Anyway, that's all none of that's been confirmed. Uh and you can get it on the cheap all the time. It, it's uh usually like 49 bucks, but it will be on sale for like 5 bucks for a couple of days every once in a while on consoles and PCs and stuff. Do not miss that if you get a chance. Still looks amazing. It looks like like on a modern PC or a modern console, it runs and looks like a brand new, you know, new gen game. It's it's beautiful. Really holds up that way. It's dark and nasty and, you know, mad maxi and all that, but in a beautiful way. It's hard to explain. The first photo mode I actually used in a in a video game, I don't usually care about those, but the one in there was phew, so cool. Any of the ways. Is, um yeah, that that game I've come closest to it, if you if you look at my stats in there, it's almost a hundred percent on everything with the exception of all of the uh, the achievements and I think a couple of hidden things I just haven't found yet. But I still hop in there and clear that stuff out here and there last night on my Steam Deck. I hopped into Mad Max and cleared out three camps I hadn't gotten. I mean, I've just, I beat the game Story a long, long time ago and now it's just like picking at it like a sore. <laughs> and I think that game is great. Highly, highly, highly recommend it for people. No reason not to grab it even today. Thanks, Shauna. That was a great question. Here's one from Sarah, who says, "What meat would you never eat?" So there's a lot of meat I would eat, including, you know, if someone said, "Hey, here's some kangaroo, give it a shot," I'd eat that. Someone said, "Here's hippo meat." Sure, why not? I've had dog meat. Didn't mean to, but it was while well, I was in uh, in China, and they told me it was beef strips, but they were lying. It was dog dog tongue. Um trying to think you know i'd eat almost anything but i think the only meat i would not eat maybe this is off the table for this whole for this question but i would just not eat human meat no matter the situation i don't care if i was dying i don't care if the person who i'm eating said as they died all right i'm about to pass please cook me and eat me later promise me you will because i want you to survive i still don't think i could do it i don't know why well i mean i think we're supposed to be a appalled, you know, that's supposed to put us off. So that's not a surprise, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I refuse. I can't do it. I can't eat people. No way. But that probably wasn't part of your question. You probably meant, Hey, would you eat a kitten or would you eat a, you know, something like that? Uh, in a pinch, I'd eat a cat, but only I'd eat a cat (laughs) and we would have to be in some dire straits for me to eat pet meat, you know, dog like my own dog or my own cat or something, even somebody else's dog or cat. Even wild cats, um eh, I take that back. I'd eat a panther. I could put a panther away. no problem. It's a hard question though. I'm not vegan or vegetarian, so I, you know I'm fine with the meats. I likes me some bacon and you know beef and the whatnot, but I don't know why it's you know this idea that it would be weird to eat a cat but not weird to eat a pig is just purely cultural, right. Or why we're happy to drink milk from a cow, but we'd never take milk from a dog or a man or I guess a lady, right? I mean, we do when we're babies, but that repulses us when we're older, right? Like, it's so weird to me. Like, oh, yeah, give me some pig. Well, how about this dog? Ugh, gross. Why? Well, it's because we have these emotional attachments to the pets, and we don't all have pigs for pets, even though you can some who do but it's weird it's weird humans are weird what we're cool with what we're not cool with you know it's very weird it's like uh i've seen people who i don't want to get into that (laughs) i was gonna we were gonna take a turn down a certain road and sadly there's no great off-ramps to that road without getting in trouble so we're not going there forget it uh here here's one thank you Sarah for that here's one from Tom what inanimate object most represents you Uh, I'm gonna say a tree and the reason I say a tree although you could argue over time they make lots of movement right they're not inanimate they're alive so maybe I'm cheating here but you know for the most part they sit there where they're planted and they do what they do and they get their leaves, lose their leaves, hang out for the winter, get a little snow on them, come back the next year, birds poop on them. They get fruit sometimes, you know, they're just trees. They sit there and if we'd leave them alone, they'd grow there a lot longer, right? So they're, they're an as inanimate as you can get technically every object, including this rock on my desk over here. Where is it? Here it is. That rock on my desk is an inanimate object, but it's still atoms, neutrons, you know, all the, the, the micro, um, uh, material of our universe, moving at rapid speeds, uh, just just the right amount to be a rock. It's all movement. So 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 screw everybody. I'm going with tree. All right, tree is the answer. Uh, here are the reasons. I like to provide shade. <laughs> I'm six four. I provide shade to those around me. Uh, I like to throw shade occasionally, and um, you know I like to grow a little fruit on me. Why not? I also get a little sappy sometimes. And most of all, I like to put roots down. That's definitely me. I'm a put a roots down kind of guy, you know? Cultivate where you live and stay there sort of guy. Leave once in a while to visit things, but, you know, you always come back to your roots. So, yeah, I'm a tree, Tom. What are you, Tom? What are you? Our final question is from Zortan. Uh, Zortan, the, 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 great, I guess, I don't know who this Zortan is. Zortan says, um, are birds real? And I know the meme and the joke that birds aren't real or that they're drones and that's a fun conspiracy and I don't think anyone actually believes it. Maybe someone does, but I've learned, I've learned in the last five, six years that I should never say nobody believes stupid things cause I have, I have been shown otherwise. People believe all sorts of really stupid stuff and have crazy justifications for their stupidity. And it's fine. I'm not judging you. I mean, I guess I am. I am judging you. You know what? If you think birds are drones and you're staking your, your freaking reputation on the idea that you somehow think that the there's a conspiracy with drones and birds, you, that's stupid. You're stupid. Could you change and not be stupid? Yeah, you could. you could. You could be shown the error of your ways. You could sit down and try to dissect one of these birds and then come to the realization, oh, shoot, this is an organic you know, beast. But then some idiot will whisper in your ear, but they're controlled via their mind by the great computer hive mind, uh, Zipitron 4000. And that's how they get you. And like you know, you you'll you'll find if you want to find justification further to your to the stupid hole you went down. Don't worry, plenty of those. Keep going down that hole. But the answer is birds are real. <laughs> they're totally real. Of course, they're freaking real. They're real. They fly. They're they are organic uh, creatures. They're sentient uh, to a degree. Uh, some of them are really smart. Some of them are incredible mimickers. Uh, those are not robots. Those are not anything other than birds. And part of the reason I know why is because they shit on my my furniture out on the patio all the time. My patio furniture is covered in in real bird poo, and uh, that to me is enough proof. That's all I need. If it was covered in like you know motor oil or freaking uh, thermal grease or something, well then we'd have a we'd have a discussion. All right. And then your answer to that is, yeah, but I hear birds. They don't. They it looks like poo, but really that's the weird, uh, non-organic material that only the government knows about. And, uh, you know, the, the rank and file and the people below that with it, we don't know. How do we know we haven't been, we haven't been in on those meetings. <laughs> I don't want to straw man, this bird believer, bird drone believer person too much, but there are people that believe things that, uh, well, they're that stupid anyway. Thank you. Zortan. I'm going to assume that's your real name and say congratulations to your parents for making that choice. It's awesome. Thank you, John, Max, Colin, Paul, Shauna, Sarah, Tom, and Zortan for your amazing questions. And if you have any rebuttals, follow-ups, or other questions of your own, you can send them to scott@frogpants.com and I would gladly receive them into my soul. Uh, someone also asked this week, uh, is, does this show have a Patreon? No. It's too old for that. It's been going forever and it's not meant to be like a big money push thing. However, if you're like, I've got a dollar to send you and I'd sure like to do it. um, This kind of lands under the umbrella of the Frog Pants Patreon, which is kind of just sort of, hey, Scott does art and individual shows and stuff on his own and all that. That's kind of where all that is. That's the umbrella for that. So if you want to check that out, it's at uh, patreon.com slash frogpants And like I say, a dollar a month would, you know. Be hardly anything from you, but be meaningful to me. You do what you got to do. All right. Just know this. Birds are real. I'm real. You're real. This relationship we have through podcasting and communication of this sort is real. And um, I'll, I'm willing to testify in court to the to the realness of it all. And I know you'll back me up. All right. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of The Diary. Back for more soon. We'll see you then.